you improvise, you do different things to catch fish. I have learned that a stick of dynamite uh, outpales them all. It's something about uh, if you want to catch a fish. So, but unfortunately, in the Christian world, we can't dynamite our enemies. We're supposed to love them and see good things happen to them. So we're going to have fun next Sunday, 5 to 7, going to grill hot dogs and hamburgers and uh, different businesses are getting involved. $20 to enter, and it can be a son, dad, grandpa, grandson, niece, uh, uncle, uh, good friends. We have some kids in the, in the house that don't have dads and maybe want, want to adopt one. But the $20 and, and covers all your bait, and it covers a, uh, a picture that we will uh, give to you and all the hamburgers and hot dogs that um, I can eat. So it's going to be a great, uh, a great time. How many missed that? If you have a Bible, turn with me, if you will. I will not keep you lengthy today. Staff's going to help me with Ephesians 5 and 14. And while they're, they're pulling that up, can you see it? Can anybody see it? Don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose those things, for they are the sham that they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness, where no one will see. Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. It's so easy to judge ourselves by our intentions and to judge others by their actions. There are a lot of things that we would like to get done in life, and unfortunately, some of those things we, we seem to put on the back burner until we're simply too old or too win wounded to do those things. All my life, I thought it would be cool to jump out of an airplane, hopefully with a parachute that worked. But now I'm at the age where because of breaking a back and breaking my wrist, it would probably be very detrimental for me to jump out of a off this platform. It, it could be hurtful or harmful. Things I, I didn't do when I had a chance, and now I get to watch others do that. And I think in our Christian walk, we get motivated by a good teaching, a good song, a good program, a good drama, a good sermon, a good ladies' conference, a good youth camp. We get motivated, we get excited, we get all pumped up, and then it seems like our, our energy is just drained, or our plans are just thwarted, and we sometimes don't do what we feel like God is calling us to do. The thought today, I, I did have a thought today that I wanted to leave with you. And if I was to entitle this thought today, it would be the church of the inconvenient. The church of the inconvenient. See, there are things about serving God that are inconvenient. There's, there's things about being married that are inconvenient. There's things about being a, a student in school that's inconvenient. We, we like to go places where everything is catered towards us. We like the temperature to be the way we like it to be. We like the food to be the way we like it to be. We, we want the ambiance to be what we like it to be. And a lot of times we will choose things and we will do things because it is comfortable for us. There is nothing about serving God that is comfortable there's nothing, there's nothing about being a part of an active church that's under attack is comfortable. We are not in the Boy Scouts. Several years ago, Pastor John shared a powerful word about, the, about we're not in the Boy Scouts. We are at war. 
Apostle Paul talked more about war than any other factor of his ministry. We, we learn that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We, we know that there is a battle for the mind, a battle for the soul, a battle for the spirit. It, it's an invisible realm, and the enemy does not play fair. He will ambush us with doubt and fear and confusion and poverty and sickness and hurt and, and, and negative emotions. And we rarely see the invisible battle that we're in. But we become almost a, not necessarily a metamorphic, but more of an osmos of the environment that we're in. Does that help anybody? Uh, I, I was very pleased last week when the pastor took me to the Waffle House. Uh, I hate the Waffle House. There's nothing about the Waffle House that I like. You can go into Waffle House with a chainsaw, you can cut the smoke. The food tastes like smoke. The water tastes like smoke. Everything in that restaurant tastes like smoke. But guess what? It is now illegal to smoke in a Waffle House, and behold, they actually have pretty good waffles. I was very much impressed. We, we are so much in the world that we dress like the world, we look like, and, and thank God that we do. But I think that sometimes the world has the ability to creep in and try to, try to convince us that we are supposed to be comfortable. That things are supposed to happen a certain time, go a certain way, a certain plan, a certain flow. We, if, if you are like me, I, I, I eat to live, not live to eat. But maybe one day I will live to eat. I enjoy going to the different restaurants. I like the, uh, the, the salad at Oliver. It's got incredible dressing. It's got walnuts in it. I, I'm, I'm a Chili's fan. I'll, I'll eat the salmon at Chili's. Of course, Outback is probably my favorite. I get that medium rare uh, ribeye with mushrooms and, 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 and sweet baked potato cut in half with butter and, and, and melted. And, and, and how, how am I doing so far? Am I doing pretty good? And you know what? If I go to Outback and... We usually always Caleb waste on us. It's so glad to have Ryan here today. But, but, but Caleb knows exactly how we, we like our food. And, and when Pastor Ron and I go to Oliver's, there are waitresses there that fight over waiting on us because we really do leave a good tip. And we usually share something kind about them while they're there. We've had waitresses sit down at our table and just chill out for 10 or 15 minutes while we were in there eating. And do we mind that? Absolutely not. Uh, we went to Jay Alexander's the other night, and I don't know if you've ever been there, but there is no carrot cake like that carrot cake in the entire world. I mean, you really want to please your pastor, go to Jay Alexander's every day this week and bring me a chunk of that carrot cake, and I promise you I will not share it, I will not divide it, I will eat it all on my own. I, I, will, I will do that. In, in serving the Lord and coming to harvest, let me just share a little bit, if I may, about the harvest. About 21 years ago, God began to speak to Pastor Rhonda about ladies' ministry. And she actually began to orchestrate and, and, to, and to bring to this city, one Thursday night a month, what we called Women in the Word. And, and she began to minister to ladies, and immediately it grew to about 100 ladies. And Judy Jake would come in and sing sometimes and minister before she ministered. But we began to, to have an attachment to the city. We begin to like some of the things that when we're in the city that we were a part of. Of course, uh, Rhonda's parents were here. My parents came later. Uh, Rhonda's brother is here. Rhonda had went to Lee University here. And this has been a very kind city to the Davis family. We, we enjoy the friends and, and family that we have met. It's a small city, and, and we enjoy that. But when we begin this revival that was supposed to be Sunday through Wednesday, and it went, it went eight weeks, and there are those here in the house that were a part of that, that, that 21 years ago, there was a harvest of souls. 
in that meeting, there are about 500 first-time decisions for Christ. And with those, with those cars, those names and addresses, we invited those Christians that had just got saved to come to a, a, a bread store. At, at first, it was a Holiday Inn, but to a bread store. And we began to have services. We began on a Wednesday night. And that Wednesday night, we had exactly 120 and I thought that was kind of uh, coincidental to the believers in the upper room. But as God began, to, God began to bless and God began to minister, Church of the Harvest began to stand out, not necessarily as different or better, but obviously with a certain purpose and a certain goal. Very early in, in ministry of this house, we adapted a theme that shared the area of whosoever. And when we said whosoever, we really did mean whosoever. I remember in the early days of the church, I remember walking up to, to uh, people that were trying to take uh, people away from the church in the area of homosexuality. And I remember confronting them and running them out of the building and having the ushers to back up my words. And we escorted them off the premises as they tried to suck out of the congregation someone that was a part of this house. It wasn't very much later that a young lady walked out the doors of this church and was, and, and was murdered by her ex-husband. And the news media got a hold of it, and they came to give us a bad report. And when the Channel 3 News came to give us a bad report, a young lady by the name of Kendra Farns, when she heard our testimony and what God was doing here in the house, they brought cameras, they brought reporters, and they gave us probably one of the best uh, advertisements this church has ever received. Down through the years, this church has had a reputation of ministering to the whosoever. You must know that the state of Alabama has a drug recovery program. It's about $30,000 a month, and it's a six-month program, and only the wealth that have insurance can put their sons and daughters in that drug rehab, and they have a recovery rate of about 12%. Unfortunately, you can find more drugs in a rehab sometimes than you can on the street. But something began to happen here at Harvest that people started getting, their lives started getting changed. Their genders became balanced. They begin to walk in blessing. They begin to birth businesses. They begin to get married, have children, buy houses, buy cars, buy boats. And it has been a very good season for many in this house. This, this house has blessed many, many, many different churches in the nation. And I will not, I will not talk of, of, of Scott and Cindy Thomas or Stephen Kim Parker or, or the different ones that are out in ministry somewhere today that they learn right here in this house how to do and be what God has called them to be. Shane Warren right now is pastoring the fastest growing assembly of God in the nation. And, and he learned everything he learned right here. He also learned how not to do it. I've taught many of you how not to do it by following my example of how I did it wrong. But this has been a church that has been inconvenient. Can I tell you some of the things that are inconvenient about this house? I'm going to tell you anyway, whether you nod or clap or wave or shout. It's inconvenient every Wednesday night for Ralph Hickey to feed 20 to 30 families that have absolutely no food, no income. It is inconvenient to be at the house of God on Sunday morning early. It's inconvenient to pay a single mom's electric bill. And it's inconvenient to bail guys out of jail. 
and it's inconvenient to raise their children while they are in rehab. It's inconvenient to be here on Wednesday night so we can grow and be taught. It's inconvenient to give extra offerings to finance the end-time harvest. It's inconvenient to fund the youth and sponsor their youth camp. It's inconvenient to support the missionary or write a letter to a convict. It's inconvenient to counsel and love a child molester. It's inconvenient not to say, I told you so, but to say, God still has a plan for your life. It's inconvenient to bring food to a food bank when we rarely have enough groceries for others. It's inconvenient to park a little far in the parking lot because a visitor took your parking place and your seat. How dare you? It's inconvenient for men to show up from six to seven one night a week to pray. It's inconvenient to sacrifice one Saturday morning a month as the guys come together and are fed. It's inconvenient to submit to a covering, a church, or a pastor. It's in inconvenient to be a part of this church. It really is. If I live in this city, and I did, we, when we live in this city, Pastor Rhonda attended the North Cleveland Church of God. You know why? She'd get lost there. No one ever knew if she was there. No one ever called her if she didn't show up. No one ever asked her to give an extra offering for, 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 for a ministry. It's safe to go. And there's nothing wrong with that church. We were married in that church 26 years ago. I preached a meeting in that church 24 years ago. There's nothing wrong with the church in the city. But it's easy to get caught up in a seeker-friendly mindset that all you've got to do is go sit and be blessed. Help me. When you watch some of the mega, mega churches on TV, and, and they are awesome. They are incredible. Joel Osteen is the real deal. And he ministered to 30,000, 40,000 people a week. But I wonder how many of those 30,000, 40,000 are going home, writing a letter to a prisoner in jail, bringing an extra food, food portion to someone that needs something, or go and pray an hour a day for the kingdom of God to be blessed. I'm not criticizing. I'm just telling you it's inconvenient to be here in this house. I believe that God has a season that all of us go through a season of inconvenience. Every, every mom will tell you it was inconvenient to walk around with the watermelon that weighed 20 or 30 pounds on their belly, stretching their neck and hurting their back. Am I telling the truth? It, inconvenient. I, several moms are with. I'm going to stay there. I found, out, I found a place that I am secure. It's, 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 it's inconvenient sometimes doing what God wants to, us to do and being what God wants us to be. I want, to, I want to share another scripture. The guys will put it up there on, on the wall. And maybe I'll be able to see this one. Look at Romans 8 and 19. Can you guys see it? I can't either. That's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Everything in creation is being more or less held back. God reigns it until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious times ahead. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipate deepens. Do you know what the world is waiting for? Us. Do you know that you are the salt of the earth? Pastor Ron talked about salt last Wednesday night. You are, that, you are that hot fudge sundae on that normal ice cream. You are the blackberry in that homemade blackberry ice cream. You are, the, you are the season. You are a light, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. But many of us have become desensitized that we look just like 
the world. And I'm not talking about physically, but I'm talking about in our mindset. If it's convenient for us to go to church on Sunday morning, if there's no store or no shopping or help me, then, 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 then we will go. If it's convenient to get there a few minutes early, then we will get there a few minutes early. But sometimes we get into a rut. How knows what a rut is? It's a grave with both, it's a grave with both ends knocked out. You are stuck in a rut. I don't know if you've ever rode a motorcycle or a bicycle and you've gotten a rut. But let me tell you something. If you didn't get out, you usually got hurt. If, if you cannot, I love that, that um, Old Spice commercial or the Noxima commercial where the guy walks up and slaps the other guy. And the guy says, thanks, I needed that. How many have you seen that? Well, I'll illustrate that after church. Seven or eight of you just volunteer and I'll just show you. I think that some of us need a spiritual slap to wake us up. Now, the doctor, the doctor did not slap Christine, but I think the doctor slapped Courtney. One of our kids got slapped. And, oh, yeah, it, they want to make sure you're alive. They want to make sure you're breathing. They want to make sure that you're moving. You say, well, that doesn't sound fair. Well, listen, if you're going to sit and let your neighbor die and go to hell, if you're the person you work for die and go to hell, you need a good slap. Look at somebody and say, I'm thinking about it. And if he gives me permission, I'm going to do it. John 4 and 34, what does John 4 and 34 say? Don't say... That there are four months into the harvest. Is that what it says? Good. The harvest is now. Look at somebody and say, the harvest is now. Now look at Pastor just for a minute. There has been a harvest in the city. And now we are coming to grow and be discipled and to learn to be all that God wants us to be and all that God wants us to do. But you know, it's so easy to get snagged by second jobs. It's so easy to get snagged by the, by the dream that you want a bigger house a nicer boat, a better car. There's nothing wrong with any of those things as long as you are Matthew 6 and 33, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and know that God wants you to have everything else. Luke 9 and 59. I'm sorry. Go to, um, don't, don't, don't lose me yet. Go to John 13, 11 and 12. I'll go read it for you. John thir uh, Romans 13, 11 and 12. The other Romans. There it is. But make sure, look at somebody say, make sure that you, didn't get, you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day -day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off. Oblivious to God, the night is about over, dawn is about to break, be up and awake. Look at somebody say awake. Be awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first, what? Believe. Believed. 20 years ago when we came to God, we came to God with nothing to offer him. When you think about that, there was really nothing to offer him. Most of us came to God as a result of burning our brains out with drugs. Some of us came to God because of the hurt of a divorce or an abortion. Some came to God because financially they were walking in a, in a poverty level, barely surviving. Whatever brought you to God. There were some that got saved at the funeral of Brenda Kelly. There were some that got saved at one of the revivals. But whatever brought you to God, God made you a promise when you got saved that you would see the ochre or the end of what he has for you. 
Graduating today is not the end for these kids. It is only the beginning. It thrusts them into another level, either a preparation for a career or to step right into a career or to play, to play sports for a few years while they're going to college. And then when they get done with that, they'll be thrust into a, another level of having to pay their own bills. And let me tell you something, kids. Milk it all you can. Stay home as long as you can. Yes. Do everything you're told. Keep your, keep your room clean. Don't, don't make a lot of noise. Your parents will forget you're there and pay all your bills. Am I telling the truth? Because I'm saying when you get out there, it is expensive to live, especially the lifestyle that your parents have taught you. Come on now. I'm preaching better than, than parents are clapping. We have blessed our kids and we've been good to our kids. But pretty soon that mother eagle is going to kick that baby eagle out of the nest because they were born to fly. They were born to take back what's been stolen from them. They were born to make a difference in the lives of others. They were born to walk in light, salt, virginity and be, be, a, be, a, be a rope to someone that desperately needs to be pulled out of the hell they're in. Since I've been on Facebook, I have a couple of I have a couple of acquaintances. They just graduated from high school, and I've been I've been kind of staying up with some of the stuff going on, and it's blowing me away uh, how how openly now we use the F word. It blows me away how on how on on on, on my or on Facebook they'll talk about having sex or talk about they're drunk right now or they're going to the river to get drunk or this or that and everything else. And I'm not talking about 19, 20, 21. I'm talking about 15, 16, 70 year old kids. Our world's in trouble, and the bad thing about getting drunk the next day when you wake up with a hangover, you spend all your money on, on what you did yesterday, and you can't remember sometimes what you did yesterday. Somebody help me. Yes. And what you think is just a little tease and a little, a little flirt, their wives in this house can tell you that they don't have a husband. They have a drug addict. There are people in this, in this building that can tell you they don't have sons and daughters. They have kids that are walking around like zombies living from one drug experience to another. God never intended for that to happen in the city. But God knew it would, so God sent you. God sent you with your testimony. You can relate to that. You can respond to that. As these kids were on the platform today, every single one of these kids are virgins. The greatest testimony these kids can have is not to say they survived an abortion or they survived a, 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 a premarital affair. You know the best thing they can say? I'm a virgin. I love God. On my, on my wedding night, I was a, come on, help me if you will. There's a standard that God is raising up. Not to walk in pride. Not to walk in arrogance, but to walk in humility and realize God's got bigger plans for you than not only do you have for yourself, but what your parents have for you. I, I want to bring attention to, if I can, in the message it says in Romans 13, don't burn out and don't get caught up in the distractions of life that you miss what is happening with you. It is so irritating to have to pull over to the side of the road to let an ambulance blast past. And they make so much noise, and they only go like a top speed of three miles an hour. Did you ever notice that? They make all this noise, and it is so irritating because you've got places to go. You've got things to do. Pastor Ron, I went to Chattanooga Friday, and I got irritated because I was, I was running about as fast as you could run, and I was about... One car length behind the guy that was in front of me, and there was a big truck in front of him, and obviously we weren't going anywhere. And some idiot came up on the right and almost caused us to get in a wreck so they could get seven inches closer to Chattanooga. Well, I'll tell you, not just a spirit of slap, not just a spirit of slap, 
the spirit of pulling out my 44, not, not, not killing them, but just shooting, just shooting their, you know, avoid place of their car. Just avoid place and just, and just let them know that they irritated me. The ambulance is irritating. The funeral procession, I mean, I pull over to the side. I can't wait to the last car. How many is with me? It is, it, is, it is irritating. It's frustrating until the ambulance is going to your house. And you're in that limousine and you're burying somebody that you love very much and you cared very much about. There's a purpose of the reason why that we're going there. Because I believe that God wants us to know, no matter how good people look, they're hurting. And you probably have an open check of the gospel to change their life and to set them free. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Ezekiel 36 and 26. What God wants to do. He wants to give you, are you ready for this? Are you sure? A new heart and a new spirit. Is my old heart bad? It could be. You could have experienced someone abandoning you at an early age. You could have abandoned someone at an early age. You may have got your heart broken by some guy or by some girl or by some pastor. You could be a place where your heart is bitter David talked about a cold heart, a stony heart. But God wants to put a new heart in you. The spirit of the world, I, I believe that if we're not careful, we get caught up in the spirit of the world. But there's a spirit that God wants you to have. And it's the spirit of his understanding that leads you in places that you need to go to be able to say things that you need to say. I was talking with Jason this week, and we were talking about signs and wonders and miracles and, 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 and all those things that Pastor Ron had talked about Wednesday night. Let me tell you what Proverbs says about wisdom. Wisdom is a creature of balance. It's a cre in one hand is wealth and honor, and when you honor God, when you, when you honor God hold on a minute. Let me tell you what happens when you honor God. I think I got it right here. That, that's not on your page, guys. Let me find it. Proverbs. 11, 24, write, write it down and look at, look at it later. Some people give much, but get back even more. Others don't give what they should and end up poor. Whoever gives to others will get richer, and those who help others will themselves be helped. I'm telling you, it's not a game to raise money to send Tom to the mission field. It's a call. It's a destiny. It's an opportunity. I can sow into a country I promise you I will never go to. I have no intentions. Tom's going. Going to get me a coffee cup that says Moscow. That's all I need. I can say I've touched Russia. Cup's going to cost me $100. Are you hearing what Pastor's saying? opportunity is given for me to go and for me to be a part by sowing into Tom's life. I'm sowing into Tom a ministry trip that's going to meet his need. Now, let me, tell you what I, let me tell you, Sergio, what I'm asking God for. We're getting to a place. We've got enough frequent flyer miles to go to Hawaii. I'm asking God, if I sow into Tom's trip to Russia, then I want to reap a trip to Waikiki. Because Waikiki, they're, they're evil. They're of the devil. They're bathing suits. They're half clothed. They're all drinking and partying. And God wants me to go and get right there in the middle of them and work on my tan, read my Louis and Nora, uh, more uh, novels, and then go out to eat with Pastor Rhonda and let everybody see how good Christians that we are. Amen. 
wouldn't you like to sow in a tom and get a trip to, to Pigeon Forge or Gatlinburg or Hawaii? Come on, help me here. If God said it, then he means, he means it. There are some that have, but they're so tight you squeak when you walk. 